Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Our parable that we are going to learn from today that Jesus spoke is out of Matthew chapter 15. And it's called the heart of man. But before we go into that parable, I want to illustrate to you with a a life story that happened to me a couple of months ago. I went to a 50th birthday for my cousin, a young man called Duane. Well, he is young to us, but he was 50 years old. It was held at a rugby club. And uh, Duane is a special, very different young man. When he was first born, he was adopted into our family, and uh, he was adopted by my cousin. He was brought up uh, very well, but by the time he was five years old, the family discovered that he was special needs. The family discovered that he uh, did not, uh, he had mental disabilities and that he would never be able to read or write, he'd never be able to spell, he'd never be able to work out numerical numbers. And uh, this was quite a hit for the family. But my cousins continued, the mum and dad, uh, the nana, the auntie and that brought him up over these years. um, And he lived a great life. He lived a life, an orderly life, still being able to go to school, still being able to go to work. um, And that was tremendous. But about two years ago, things started to turn around for Dwayne. Two years ago, his grandmother that he loved dearly was put into a rest home. She was put into a rest home and she had dementia really aggressively. And while she was there, Dwayne's mum also took really ill, was found up the street missing several times. She had dementia really bad and was put into the same rest home. So Dwayne's grandmother, while she was in the rest home, only a couple of years ago, she died, she passed away. Duane's mother, who was put into the rest home with dementia, she today, this week, cannot recognise him and doesn't know who he is. So that left Duane with his uh, father alive and his dear auntie, who was my mother, who you know, loved him very dearly. But 18 months ago, his dad, Lewis, got very sick, his kidneys failed, and he passed away. And then my mum, who was his favourite auntie, passed away within two weeks. So here we have this young man, 50 years old, yes, but 50 years um, now left with a a physical disability, a mental special needs, on his own to survive. So we as a family gathered around him and uh, we help him, you know, with his um, accounts and writing and uh, looking after him as much as we can. But if there was one thing I had to say, one person, one organization that has turned his life around, that has helped him to be a survivor, that has helped him to keep hope in his life that someone cares for him and believes for him. It is a manager and a coach at a rugby football club in Auckland. We went to this 50th birthday, which was only a couple of months ago. The coach stood up. And the coach said, he said, I want to just speak to the family that are here today because I want to tell you 
something about Dwayne, your cousin, that you may not know. They said he spent the last few years here arriving at seven o'clock every morning. He gets out, he helps the caterers get everything out of their vehicles. Uh, he helps them get all the food ready. When the teams come into play rugby, he's in their rooms and he's getting the kits out. He's outside picking up all the stuff off the ground. He's there week in, week out. He's there weekend and week out. But the coach turned around as he was talking and this coach was of high level in the club. He said, I do want to share with you something else. He said, when Dwayne started coming to this club, he said, one of the coaches looked at him and he saw this awkward looking man. He saw this awkward man with physical disabilities, with special needs. And he didn't do anything that was really appropriate. Instead, he took advantage of Dwayne with his special needs. Dwayne was a guy that they could laugh at. Dwayne was a guy that they could pick on. Dwayne was a guy that this coach, for no reason that we know of, took advantage of him and had him doing all the dirty jobs. So this coach come manager of this reputable rugby club, he said to me, uh, as he was speaking, he said, I made a decision. I would take Dwayne under my wing. I would take him away from the team that was being coached by someone else. And I would put him with ours, which was the senior team of the suburb rugby club. And a lot of the ex-all blacks were there as well. So this coach came and this coach turned around and he believed in Dwayne. He didn't see him as one with special needs. He didn't see him as someone that he could use, but he saw him as someone that he could come beside, who come beside someone who had lost all his family and love him and care for him. And he said, and here we were in this rugby club, it was full of senior rugby teams, ex-all blacks, all bringing honour to Dwayne. So, you know, when I look at this, the subject we're talking about today is on the heart of man. I say, what is the difference between these two coaches? What is the difference between the coach that took advantage for his own use of Dwayne and the other coach who looked at Dwayne, believed in him and said, we're gonna show love on him. I believe the, the difference between the two was the condition of the heart. Whatever each one had stored in their heart over the years, whether it was good, whether it was not good, whether it was through disappointments or not disappointments, what came out of their mouth was different. It says in Proverbs, I've just got to see if I can get this working here. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. This is not talking about man as a gender, it's talking about mankind. As a man or woman or as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. And this what happened with my cousin. Basically, he said to me that the things that come out of a man's mouth, out of a woman's mouth, come from what is stored in our heart and in our mind. Father, we're just ever so thankful, Lord Jesus, that, God, you, you said these parables, these illustrations, um, Lord, and sometimes the times when you're getting the greatest criticism to teach us, Lord, to teach us your ways, to teach us your heart. 
And this morning, Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord Jesus, I pray that this message, Lord Jesus, will help us, Lord, will stir our hearts, Lord, to seek more to be like you, to draw off your spirit, Lord, that we would love and treat others differently. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. The condition of the heart is so significant. I think from the time that I got saved, I've always believed that the condition of our heart is something that is so important to God. You know, we are made of body, soul, and spirit. All of us know we're made of body, soul, and spirit, but the heart in us is what keeps the life flow going. The heart is what I discovered when my mum was um, in hospital. The heart has to be pumping to keep that blood showing through our bodies. And the heart also, in a spiritual sense, plays a significant role in our transformation and who we are and who we become and how we treat other people. Billy Graham said, the heart is at the seat of our emotions. It's at the seat of the things that build us up in life, but it's also in the seat of things that defile our lives, that corrupt us, that can spoil us. And that comes out of our will, comes out of our mind, out of our emotions. But what spills out of our mouth, wow, what spills out of our mouth will be determined by the things that we store in our heart, the things that we store in our mind. It's either going to bring honour to God or it's going to bring dishonour to God. The things that we store in our heart things that we store in our mind and our will and our emotions. It's either going to bring respect when we try to reach other people. It's going to bring, dis or it will bring disrespect and no credibility when we try to reach out to others. So the heart is really important. It's at the seat of great things at our beliefs or our doubts. It's at the seat of good decisions or bad decisions. It's at the seat of us bringing either kind words that are going to bring life to people or words that won't bring life to people. So let's look what Jesus had to say about the heart of man. I'm not going to read to you all of chapter 15 because it's quite long for the sake of time, but I encourage you in your own reading this week to take a look at Matthew chapter 15. Here we see Jesus uses a parable to convey his message loud and clear on the importance and the condition of our heart. The matter of concern that was taking place in Matthew chapter 15 is some of the Jewish leaders and the Pharisees that had come from Jerusalem to hear Jesus. And when they were watching Jesus and his disciples, the issues came up of the disciples eating food without actually performing the ceremonial cleansing of their hands before eating. The Jews and Pharisees always wash their hands. They always uh, cleanse their hands according to tradition and religious customs before they would eat their food. This was seen, this external behavior was seen as something so important and non-negotiable to the Pharisees and to the Jewish leaders. 
Jesus immediately saw this matter. Excuse me, I got a bit of a cold today, everyone. But Jesus immediately saw this matter. And by pointing out that these religious leaders, they were just being hypocrites. Their whole focus, their ceremonial cleansing of the washing of the hands, the man-made commands they were putting on the people, Jesus said they draw near to God with their lips and their external actions, but their heart is far from Jesus. And to make matters what was worse was even some of the disciples at the time couldn't understand what Jesus was saying. So he spouted out in this parable. He spouted out loud and clear. Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 to 11. Jesus called to the crowd and he's here. Listen, he said. Try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Don't you understand yet, Jesus asked. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart, that's what defiles you. For from the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, or sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile or corrupt you. My understanding from what Jesus is saying about the heart of man here is that God is not convinced. He's not persuaded to believe a man or a woman based on our external behavior, based on our words or our looks or what sounds right to other people. But Christ is more concerned about what's going on inside of us. He is more concerned with our inner self and inner transformation that originates from our heart after God. But it's a heart that aligns with the spirit within. I said earlier, you know, we made a body, soul, and spirit. We all know that. You know, we have a body with physical body that has a heart in it. We have our mind that just has so much control. We need to take a hold of that. But what we need to do is we need to align our heart with the spirit that lives within us. It's not the spirit of God that changes within two different people. The spirit of God is it's incorruptible. I love the spirit of God. You know, I, I love feeding myself on the spirit of God. And to think that his spirit lives within us never changes. But our heart changes. And our, our soul changes, our mind, our will and emotions. And if we're going to see inside transformation, take place in our own life, spiritual transformation. It begins with having our heart and our soul filled with good treasure, filled with good thoughts, filled with faith, filled with God's love, aligning with the spirit of God. That makes all the difference. If we reflect back on those two coaches that I talked about in the rugby club, Two totally different people. What made the difference in those two? I don't know what each one of those two people have experienced. But all I know is the coach that was talking to us at the rugby club on that day. 
he had good treasure coming out of him. Maybe he lived in a good life. I don't even know if he was a Christian. But I have to say, here in Matthew 12, 35, he was like a good man out of the good treasure of his heart who brought forth good things. To Duane, he brought forth love. To Duane, he brought hope. To Duane, he brought survival when he had lost his nana. He'd lost his mother. He'd lost his dad. He'd lost his favorite auntie. And that coach could bring out goodness. But an evil man, the other coach that I talked about, perhaps was because he'd been hurt through hurt or offensive or whatever had gone on his life that hadn't worked out well. He brought evil treasures out of evil things. The word of God is so powerful about the state of the heart. So my question today is for us, is how do we store good treasure in our heart? I mean, what are some of the keys to making a difference inside of us to have spiritual transformation? We have our heart that pumps life through us. And it speaks out of our mouth. But that heart gets fed with what's going on in our soul, with what's going on in our mind, what's going on in our emotions, what's going on in our daily life. And we need them to align with the spirit of God. So I have here four, I call them keys to storing good treasure inside of ourselves. And these uh, four keys are something that we'll be talking about in our breakout rooms and talking about how we can apply them. So how do we store then? What are we going to use to store good thoughts in our lives? I believe, number one, we have to allow God to renew our thinking. Renew our thinking. 12, Romans 12, 2, don't copy. Don't, don't conform. Don't conform. Don't, don't go along with the status quo of what people are saying and what's going on. But don't be conformed to the behavior in customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by the changing the way we think. Oh, what a powerful tool this brain is. What a powerful tool this mind is that we have. But let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, which is pleasing, and which is perfect. Our mind, our human mind, it has a great power to do good, but it has great power to do what is not right. It does, it has the power to shape our life. It has the power to shape our life. So we need, if we're going to store good treasures in our heart, so that what spills out of our mouth, what comes out in our actions, will bring glory to God. We'll build up others and not pull down people. One, we need to allow God to renew our thinking. Two, we need to guard our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You know, it's that guarding our heart is so important. I, I remember when my mother passed away, that was uh, 14 months back. Um, I wasn't allowed to be in hospital to be with my mother. 
And by the time they did allow me to go in and be with her, she was incoherent and she wouldn't have heard me. Maybe in the spirit through God, amen, I pray so. But on the day that she died, we weren't allowed to be with her and I couldn't say goodbye to her. I got so angry in my heart. Have you ever been like that about something? I was angry with not necessarily God. I was angry with the government. I was angry with myself. I berated myself. Uh, and, I was, and I was really grieving badly. But what I did is I didn't guard my heart. I didn't take a hold of what I was thinking about. And I was allowing the grief and the hurt and the anger to really take away what the Spirit of God was trying to do at the time. We have to guard our heart, protect our heart from negative attitudes, protect our heart from rooted bitterness or resentment or things in life that will just totally strip away what God is trying to do. I had to come back to the word of God. I had to come back to the love of God. And I had to renew and refill myself that even though I was going through grieving about my mother, I had to apply the things of God in my life to bring transformation. It is the character of a godly person that has stored good things, guarded it with all diligence, and is ready for use when needed. I'll say that again because it's so important. It is the character of a godly person that stores the good things in, in their heart, but guards it with all diligence, all diligence, then it will be ready for use when needed. And my next slide is, thirdly, we need to stay on course. Stay on course. We can get sidetracked so easy. Proverbs 4.27 says, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. A friend of mine, his name is Kim Price, sent me a newsletter last week. And one of the things he said on it was, we keep on track more by what we say no to than what we say yes to. <laughs> you think about that. Sometimes say no to things in life to help us keep on track, to help us keep focused. Uh, sometimes it's saying no to joining in with negative conversations. Sometimes it's saying no to listening to gossip, and it so easily happens, even in church. Perhaps it's saying no to people's opinions that don't align with the word of God, conspiracies, false doctrines. There's so many false doctrines going around at the moment. We have to just put those aside and we have to guard our hearts with all diligence, stay on course, go back to the word of God, go back to word, don't get sidetracked, keep our feet from following evil. And finally, we need to feed our mind with godly disciplines. Feed our minds with godly disciplines. Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus. We need the heart and the spirit and the mind of Christ. We need to fill our minds, fill our hearts with godly treasures that align with the spirit of God. Amen. So that's my message for today that God has laid upon my heart. Uh, the heart of man. Believe we have to guard it with all our heart. 
We have to be diligent about it. We have to apply godly discipline above it. And above all else, remember it, it is when we align that heart, when we align those thoughts that go through us with the spirit, that that inner transformation will come out, it will spill out of our mouth, and it will build, and it will glorify God, and will have a powerful effect. Amen. 